Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody, it's that time again. I love this podcast. I love Insane in the Membrane and I love Insane in the Fembrane. I'm so pleased that these podcasts are being so well received by you lovely people. Thank you. Thank you so much for just being there and all the lovely messages and the liking and the subscribing that you do. Uh, thank you to our lovely Patreons. Uh, really appreciate that. You are really helping us keep this podcast on the on the right path because you know as you know it's been a tough old time with uh with losing every stitch of work that i ever had it went it got gone 20 minutes it was gone oh wow so thank you to you you've kept this podcast going really appreciate that big thanks to Le- uh, Lindsay chook uh we've also got nat dodman uh we've got mia rainey thank you to you guys magza doodle thank you for all that you do um, you're all lovely people. All of, uh, there's many more shout-outs to come. Don't worry about that. And it, it, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. There's so many names. Um, and I just want to say thank you to everybody that voted for us for the for the podcast podcast awards. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't make the running, but you know it, there'll be other times. There'll be other awards. We'll get there. But thank you for all of you for taking the time to do it. Um, hang on, what's that? I'm getting heckled now by Jade again. Uh, yeah, I've got awards, but it'd be nice to have some more, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's always nice to have awards, isn't it? I never won anything when I was a kid. I didn't even score a goal at football. I was terrible. Anyway, so this is taking a turn, this introduction. Um, so thank you to all of you for doing that. Uh, in, anyone listening, if you'd like to be a Patreon, please, uh, you go on to, if you put Insane in the Membrane into the Patreon uh, site, it'll come up and it'll show you. There's also a link uh, in my in my uh, Twitter, in my Twitter bio, it'll take you there as well. So yeah, I am Rich Wilson on Twitter. I am Rich Wilson on Instagram. Uh, Rich Wilson on Facebook. If you join, if you link me up on there, and then you can see where where you can. If you would like to, you can help us. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. This week, I'm joined by someone. I wanted. This is the thing about this podcast. People, because I get sometimes people say, "Oh, we need names, we need names to get people sort of interested, right?" But I want to keep it. I want interesting people on as well and and my guest this week is a family member his name's john jennings um and he's been in my family i think i think we said 20 years he's been in the family uh, we explain how and why 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 what came to be um but he's such a lovely man he's a real he's a we talk about all this in in the episode he's a lovely dude and i just wanted to get i wanted him to come on and tell his story so that other people that maybe have been in a similar situation can see that it doesn't necessarily have to be, it doesn't always, it doesn't always end up shit, basically. It, this, is, this is a success story that I wanted other people to hear. So John Jennings, family member, he's on the podcast. Here he is. I've got some water, I've got some snacks, I'm going to be all good. <laughs> Ready to go, good to go. Tuckered in for the long run. <laughs> well, now, do you know what is, when I, when I try and describe to people uh, who you are in relation to me it's always as you know it's always a confusing one isn't it it's like because you're because let's right let's for the people that listen at home so this is john john i've known john blimey years now isn't it john how many years yeah, since, when, well, since i was six so 20 since, years since, now 20 years right 20 um, years so you were you were in the in a care home 
um, that my now sort of ex mother in law used to work in with uh, my it. with the mother of my children. So it's Lisa and Jackie, and then Jackie fostered you. Yeah, that's she right, just, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think I was asking her for about the two years that I was in the care home. Yeah, I was asking her, why don't you just take me home? And I think she must have got so bored of it that she just felt sorry. I was like, <laughs> fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> Imagine that, just bored. Go, yeah. All right, stop going on. It's like it's like a kid asking to go to McDonald's. All right, stop going on. Yeah. Just this get in is the just car. notch level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, notch yeah. up. <laughs> McDonald's. I want you to take me home. Or you take me home because it's shit. Um, <laughs> and get me McDonald's on the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's so let's start. Let's start from there then. Let's start because I obviously I know I know bits. I don't know it all. Mm. Um, and we could get as we, it doesn't have to be personal. We be as personal as you want to get. It doesn't. It's completely up to you. Um, I just want. I just think it'd be really interesting for people listening who might have come from a similar background. Might have you know ended up in care, and then and then because you hear so many stories. People, you know, especially if someone's ended up in prison or they've ended up getting whatever something bad's happened to them, and they go, "Well, he was in care, and then so there mm. was no hope for him." Whereas yours is a I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert for anyone listening. It, it's a, it's a happy ending, yeah. and and that's that's why I was really interested in having you on because I just think it's a, it's a nice, considering where you came from, it's a nice positive spin on what not on the on the usual uh, on the usual narrative. So let's talk. How did you end up where 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 were you born, John? I don't even know that. Where were you born? Birmingham. Birmingham, you do know where I was born because when I was younger, you used to take the piss on my accent. So, <laughs> but you, no, 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 you did. <laughs> you didn't sound that was it because you didn't sound like you were from Birmingham. You yeah. used to, but you'd say, yeah, yeah, we used to take the mickey out of you the way you say re- re- wrestle. Yeah, which I know. Looking well, growing up now, in like, foster care, yeah, it was a bit bullying, bit bullying. But growing up in foster care, I was kind of put in foster care homes from I think I was a year and a half. So really? the first, the first few years of my life bouncing from home backwards forwards and it being in Birmingham didn't really give me the best introduction to speech <laughs> so mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't I couldn't talk very well um, and that's why no. you take the piss out of me for certain words I, it, I know and now looking back I'm like oh god I was such a prick I was just, <laughs> you know it's like I think know, it yeah. helped me it helped me speak better though I'd, I'd have speech therapy and stuff so that's why I don't have any kind of semblance of a Brummy accent anymore. Yeah, right. Okay. You've had you've had speech therapy, have you? Yeah, I think when I right. first moved to Kent from Birmingham, they got me in some speech therapy classes because my reading and writing and speech in general wasn't very good. So that kind of whipped the Brummy out of me. Mm. And, now... um, and, and, and no disrespect to anyone from Birmingham listening. I have a lot of love. <laughs> I've got a lot of love for Birmingham. But just, <laughs> so just, put it, just putting it out there, so, especially especially since they improved the ball ring. Um, <laughs> I now because so so can you remember? Do you how, what's your sort of earliest memory? You know, if that this started when you were sort of one and a half, so can you remember? Really, it's, it's such a blur because yeah. you you bounced from I, I can't remember how many homes I bounced in between before I moved to Kent and um, to be in the home that my mum Jackie um, got me in. Mm. But I, there's not really many memories of that at all because it was no. just a bit all over the place. But then when I moved, first moved into the care home, that's when I really started to form memories. And I've got quite a few of the just kind of messing around and just being kids in the foster yeah. home. But I think it's very it's difficult for to ask a lot of people because they don't really remember. When, when no. was my first memory? And I think it's all really based around your environment and what you're doing at that time, because there must be something that just clicks and you're like, that's why I remember. So, yeah, yeah I remember asking mum to take me from the children's home a lot. Yeah. That's a <laughs> very, very... That's friendly. a very... But that's but, that's the thing, I suppose, because yeah. Yeah, it was so... Because it was so traumatic where you were coming from, I suppose your your earliest memory would be a good memory, kind of, you know, mm. when it when things started to kind of improve because I, I know I, I sort of know the story of how you came to be in care and it's it's fucking horrific to be honest um and we don't have to go into details about that but just to, it, yeah, it wasn't, it's, it wasn't you know, pretty no and do you do you remember any of I suppose you do only one and a half aren't you don't remember yeah. any of that any of that sort of shit that was going on not at all no I mean I'm I'm people will say otherwise but I'm very fortunate I mean as you kind of said earlier I'm one of the success stories of the care system. Mm. I'm very fortunate 
to be in that position. That just that is because I was lucky. It's just lucky that Jackie got me when she did. Yeah. And I was pulled out of that environment that so many other kids get trapped in. And it's yeah. it's sad. It's really sad. Because yeah. there isn't that support of a family and everything else. But um the the kind of time beforehand where it was all over and what happened, I don't really remember. I have four biological sisters and yeah. we, we we're kind of all separated at the moment, but they were all older than me. I was the youngest. Yeah. So for me, I was super lucky because what happened didn't affect me mentally as it would have them because they're older. They they can formulate the memories and they really yeah. live through that trauma. Whereas I've gone and got fractured kind of memories or stories of what people told me happened. It mm. didn't really happen to me per se. If you get no. what I mean, because I was so yeah. young, I don't remember any of it. Well, that's it. Um, yeah, you were around, but you weren't aware mm. of what was what was going on. Are you? Do you speak to your sisters at all? No, not really. But we used to, and I think just as you get older and just life kind of moves away in the distance, it's difficult. And growing up, we had communication, but where they were always in Birmingham, it was difficult to maintain that. And obviously, the kind of the trauma that happened made it difficult. So mm. there hasn't been any contact for a long time, but. Most of them are doing well, you see on Facebook, as you do nowadays. Yeah. And they seem to be kind of getting on with life, which makes me happy um, because what we all went through was shit, really. But yeah, everybody's all, living yeah. their life now. Yeah. And you know, obviously, like you said, you weren't aware of it, but you've obviously had to sort of relive it, if you like, because people have obviously told you what, what happened. How have you, how have you managed, have you had to have counselling and things like that? sort of deal deal with anything or you know, sorry. have you had to have you had any sort of counseling because obviously people no, I think... told you what went on and and it, which was horrific and so you know having to kind of deal with that yeah that, i think it, where yeah. i was when i was younger i used to be able well, well i can do this now i used to just talk about it openly because mm. but like there was nothing to be ashamed of there no you know, no i no. used to get teased for being a foster kid being called orphan Blah blah blah, as kids do. That's just kids being kids. It wasn't, mm. it's, and all that stuff. Yeah, it frustrates you when you're a child. But as you get older, you're like, well, it happened, and you've got to make the best of the circumstances you're in. Mm. And going back to me being lucky, I was put in a good environment with good support network. I was taken in by a family, and everybody welcomed me with open arms. It was a family, and a lot of kids in the foster care system they'll bounce from homes to homes, and yeah. it's not a family. It's just different people every year every two and a half years it spans mm. completely different for every single kid in the system so yeah I think just being pulled out when I was at that age of six mm. kind of gave me a new childhood yeah so that's where you feel like you've you started from and and then and so Jackie and they're there you class them as your family yeah I call yeah, Jackie yeah, yeah. mom as, as you know and um, Lisa the Mother of your lovely boys, she's my sister, and yeah. as you know, with the with the boys, we've got a very funny relationship because technically you know, they're uncle, but we call each other brothers. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, it's, that's uh, where, yeah, it's a that's... very weird family tree. <laughs> it's a funny one, isn't it? Isn't it? Very I, very weird. I'd never, obviously, I'd never, I'd, I hadn't really met anybody that had been in care before. It's only through when I was with uh, with Lisa and her working in the care assistant. I sort of got to know like yourself and other people and it, it, it really, it's really, it was really, I, I, I was really interesting and it was really interesting how supported you are, you know, everyone, like you say, you're not, it's not family, but did you feel that? Did you feel there was, a, there's, there is support there? You can, you know, you, or, or was it quite sort of people are just doing a job, you know, and, and not, no disrespect to anyone in the care, care, in the care system. I mean, for you personally, how did it feel? How did it feel just being in somewhere well, that wasn't your home sort of thing? Yeah, well, well the children's home itself, it was, I, I have memories of that. And that's, as I said, the memories kind of come from there. But I remember there were staff that were lovely, obviously, yeah. Jackie, my now mum. I had a few other workers that I loved and they, you could tell they were there because they loved yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah. they're not there for no. the money, let's be honest. They're there because they love it and they want to help these kids. And then there were a few... Lots of nice ones, yeah. and you question why they were there. Um, but nothing dodgy ever went on. They just yeah. tell you off for no reason, all that usual nonsense. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the people that work in the care system, I mean, 
mum and Lisa, everybody, they're, they're so selfless mm. in what they do because they're not doing it to get rich. They're doing it because they really want to help yeah. people. And you see that with the whole coronavirus now with them being classed as key workers. They were always key yeah. workers. I think they just, people weren't paying attention to what they were doing. No, it was just, and yeah, it was just a given. Like people were just, you didn't really think about it. Like they're nurses, they're carers. I remember being, when I worked in, I used to work in the care, I used to work in an old people's home. So I, you know, so I was, and, but there were, you know, people that I worked with that didn't give a shit. And that's why I left because, you know, I was doing a night shift and you're supposed to go and check on everybody like every hour. And you'd be with a staff nurse. It was like, she'd push two chairs together and go, right, I'm going to sleep. And I'd be like, well, what about everybody? Like, I'll leave them, leave them. And then I'd get bollocked for going up and checking everybody. So it was, yeah. So I, that's why I sort of stopped. I got, I got disillusioned with it but you're right there are people there people these people you know it costs money to become a nurse doesn't it you have to pay to become a nurse you have to do you have to go on courses and things like that so yeah you're right these people are selfless and it's you're lucky man you're you're really lucky that you that yeah because again i like i said i don't want to go into details about what happened but coming knowing what i know about what went on in your life it ended up where you are now it's incredible man it's absolutely incredible it's and I, I'm, Mum will always tell me off whenever I say it, but I always say it. It's, it's thanks to her and the kind of values that she instilled in me. Because I, I was already aware that I was lucky at that mm. young age, but just being in that environment and making sure that I was good and not falling out of line, because it's so easy to just fall into the bad crowds, especially when you've got that kind of looming over you or for and people can get down and you, you understand why but I always saw like what I went through not something bad it's something that's good I mean I managed to get through all that mm. shit when I was young I can do this now and whenever I like push myself and want to challenge myself I'm just, I've been through a lot worse and I think when kids are being brought up in care if they don't have them people to support them and say listen you're going to get through this, you support this, and it's just going to make mm. you stronger. I think that's what needs to be instilled in them that this was mm. bad, but it's over now. It's over. And there's not counselling enough for them because you asked me earlier if I've ever had counselling. No. Really? Never once. Never, never felt once. you needed to. Uh, I never felt I needed to. I don't know if it was because social workers and mum and people at school felt like I didn't need to. It was never offered no. to me. Um, but again, I, I, I don't personally feel. Like I did no. need it. Um, I was quite confident in myself and any problems I had, I had a very close relationship growing up with um, Jackie Mom, just because she didn't know me my entire life mm. in my mind. So I could tell yeah. her anything. So I didn't really need that additional support that other kids do need when they don't have the support yeah. at home. And has it affected you relationship wise going forward? Do you find does it does it does it affect you? Like does it like sometimes you'll wake up and think about it or does you kind of you you sort of out the other side and you've gone well that was a moment in my life i'm now i'm now here i don't does it does it does it does it does it still loom as you said earlier it it it, it does it does a little bit and i think growing up still there's parts where i struggle to kind of express myself and if i've got a problem i'll keep it to myself because that's kind of what i was used to growing up and I still get that as an adult and it's something I'm trying to work on I mean lockdown living with three of my very good friends it, obviously people get on each other's nerves mm. and stuff and I went through a lot of stress of work and I just bottled it all up really bottled it all up and I, I do it all yeah. the time all the time and they just said just don't worry about it man like this shit and just let it go yeah. and I was just like you know what yeah and I'm just like yeah I've really <laughs> I do this a lot <laughs> and it's so <laughs> and it's some of that you know, you try and work on, you're aware of it. But I think that's something that I've still got from mm. growing up in just the children's home and stuff. Because if you see weakness with the other kids, like they're not going to kill you or anything, but they will bully you, of course. So you always wanted to just kind of keep yourselves mm. to yourselves. Yeah. I find, yeah, I know, you, I know this, this comes up a lot on this podcast, actually. Communication is so important. And I'm, I'm the, I'm the worst at it. I'm, I shut up now getting heckled by Jade. <laughs> I do, yeah, I'm always, I'm always on at people going, communicate, communicate. And I, I even say on here, look, if you, if you're feeling shit, send me a message and I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll get back to you and we'll have a chat. But I'm the worst at, at reaching out myself. 
I don't tell anybody anything. Yeah. And that was what really surprised me. This is what, like, so last week when I came up and saw Bailey, who was with you, my son, and you, and I was, and it was, I didn't realise how much I underestimated you, you lads, because I, in my head, I'm like, oh, they're just, they're just out partying. They don't give a fuck. They're doing this because they're young lads. They're doing this and the other. But when we turned up, it's a, one, it's this incredible uh, house on, just on the edge of London. It is wonderful. It, it was shoes off at the door. That's what, that's what I was like. Shoes off at the door. <laughs> These young lads are fuck. They got it going on. And then I'm in there and then. Yeah, we don't know where you've been. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then, and then I'm, ch- and then I'm chatting to you lot, and you're I, because I just I'm because in my head you're you're just my my sons, you're my my family, so I so and suddenly I just felt oh shit now we're equals now the way we were talking and what we were talking about and the fact that you lot were telling me like Bailey turned around and said to me he goes well the thing is with you dad he goes you just you just always need someone to look after you. I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? How the, you're 22. <laughs> so, yeah, I really, I did. I think, uh, I think people do underestimate uh, young people. And I, I, and like again, seeing what you've been through and and seeing where you are now, you know, you're an incredible chef. You've got this incredible job in the city. You, 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 you just have this wonderful life, a life that that I would aspire to have, and it's it's incredible. It's incredible. You, you, yeah. does that, you, you, you must look around to someone and go, fucking hell. <laughs> Did I write there? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm proud of myself and the, the achievements I've kind of done. And like, nothing big or fancy, but just to get from where I was to where I am now is something that does make me feel very proud. But I'll, I'll always push it back to how I was mm. raised and being in that mindset. And I mean, when I was younger, in the children's home and stuff and when I get down I always thought when I'm older I don't want my kids to ever no. live like this and that's always just been a driving force whenever I want a good job or something else I'm just like you know what if I eventually do have kids they're gonna have everything that I didn't have growing up that's only from years one to eight mm. obviously it's, you know, it's got taken in by mum I had an amazing childhood and stuff but that first part of life I want to just have that perfect childhood and it's very cliche obviously and cheesy but it's cliche for mm. a reason everybody wants their kids to have better childhoods than they had themselves don't they yeah absolutely yeah of course they do it's like with my lads i all I, I try and do the best i can it's funny actually i've i've spoken to my boys a few times and i've said to them look i wish i'd have been a better dad i wish i'd have done this and they go what are you talking about you were fine <laughs> i'm like ah i thought i was shit they go no, no no you were fine you were around at least at least you were around <laughs> There's so many dads aren't, but I, that's the thing you don't realise. This is what I realised about my parents. You know, they were they're good people. My parents, they you know they we didn't want for anything, but you know they had their issues and they had stuff going on because they're human beings, and I think people forget that that yeah they're parents, but they're not perfect and they don't know everything. You, you, there's this assumption that all grown ups know know everything, know what's right and what's wrong, and they know fuck all. They're all winging it, just as just as just as we are, yeah. which has been quite a. A revelation and so it's yeah i don't know oh yeah i mean you talk about me taking the piss out of you which doesn't sound good to the listeners but i like to think it wasn't all shit <laughs> no it was no when you used to look after me and boys you used to have fucking you the, the shit but you basically used to come to yours to have fun <laughs> yeah. we could get up with the old things that we couldn't do watch south park oh God. play video games late at night yeah we can mess around <laughs> so no it was always fun always fun and i think bailey talks about it is um taste of music coming from you as well but whenever we was around and we'd be listening to your music influenced me a lot so oh nice that's, oh, that's very nice. very fun i think that's it because i because obviously uh their mum and i had broken up we kept, we spent the 90s getting back together breaking up and it was a fucking mess the 90s but yeah and when and so it's nice to know that, the, that you and the lads have nice memories and what was happening because you were coming to like you'd come with the lads and I'd look after you, and and of course you want to be the best parent. So you go, yeah, this is party central. Yeah. You go to bed at four a.m. if you want. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. And want. then I'd let I'd... Oh, go, <laughs> go on, go on. Go, going to up the creek and helping you, you set up chairs. <laughs> that was always fun. I don't know how 
you kept us so entertained just by doing your <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, no, that's what it was. <laughs> Slave labour. It was child, child labour. Yeah, that was it. it just getting... <laughs> oh, you can help yourself to a Coke behind the bar and get a packet of crisps. There you yeah, go. Yeah. You've got 12 more rows of chairs to sell, though. And, you, and you're happy. You're happy doing it. That's the... Oh. <laughs> oh, buzzing. <laughs> Absolutely buzzing. But it's it. funny, isn't it? Like, I, yeah, watching South Park, especially South Park the movie. We talked about this the other day. When, because yeah. everyone yeah. was going, everyone, like, like the two, Key and Bailey were sort of like, oh, we want to watch it, want to watch it. And I'm like, all right then, yeah, you can, all right, I'll let you watch it. I spoke to a couple of mates and they went, well, there's a lot of swearing at the beginning. And I'm like, oh, well, they know, they've, they know swearing. I suppose it'd be all right. And then I put it on, and the opening ten minutes is shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. I'm like, ah, oh, what have I done? What have I done? And you can't no, that's it because you just like, right, I'm in it now. Okay, and I'm, and then they were giddy. Uh, you, you, the boys were giddy, going, "Oh, this is the best thing we've ever seen." And so we're watching the film, and then I sort of doze off a bit because I had a I had a normal job actually in quotes normal job so i was knackered so i'm watching it and dozing off as i woke up there's this bit and it just says hello boys i'm the clitoris i'm like no so i jump up to switch it off and there's a moment there's a silence there's a beat and i can hear them i can hear oh god here we go and then i just hear one of them just go dad what's the clitoris i'm like ah fucking hell so like you said the other day you like you're more desensitized to stuff because I, I let you watch stuff from an early age. I don't know if that's good. <laughs> it sounds like, it, 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 saying it out loud, it sounds like you went out of the frying pan into the fire. It's just... <laughs> just thrown straight into the deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've had a really, you've had a really horrific thing happen to you when you were a kid. Oh, we're going to put you in this knobhead. <laughs> He's going to show you what Clarice is at five years old. <laughs> Ugh. Don't worry, you get a pack of crisps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to put the chairs out as well. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait. So, is this? Is it? How are you? You know, because I know you've had, I know you've had a, a couple of relationships. But is it? Has has what happened to you affected? And that's a cliche sort of question. But has it affected you, like relationship wise, like connecting to people? Um, do you think, or you haven't really thought about it? No, I think I don't. I'm not really sure. I don't. You'd have to ask my mm. ex, I guess. No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I. Get on. I think. That. It's going back to the point of not being able to open up. There were times yeah. where I could have expressed myself more, but I like to think because I always felt that my mom was so generous for everything that she gave me. I'm quite a generous guy growing up. Mm. I've tried to help my mates out, do whatever I can. So I, I, it sounds, I don't know if I'm tooting my own horn a little bit, but there, there hasn't been that many negative effects no. for me personally. I don't, I don't know, maybe there'll be a trigger in 10 years' time and I. Go all fucking psycho. You'll end up up a, up a bell, up a bell tower. Something yeah. will happen, but <laughs> you'll end up up a church tower, shooting, shooting, <laughs> screaming, shooting shoppers in a super in a sh- fucking yeah, <laughs> some shopping centre. God, yeah. No. I hope not. I hope not. But for 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 the most part, I feel what happened was obviously shit. But the lessons and what it's instilled in me going forward um, has been good. I d- what what did happen? Um, at the end of my last relationship, it was where I'd built up stuff for ages. And I was one of them fucking normal guys who don't like crying. But I was brought up always like, you'd hide your emotions and everything else. And I remember when when we split up, it was the first time I just proper let go. Just let it flood out. And I was just like, it was yeah quite freeing. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this, is, this feels good. It was good just to, yeah, you're upset and just cry. It doesn't matter. This this is the this is the thing that baffles me for, uh, has baffled me for years is that when you're 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 a kid you know, you know only girls cry you got to man up you got to do this but having a good old cry and I and I again I'm the worst one at this I, I put that shit off I I push that shit down I'm like no like I say to Jade like, I don't want sad music on don't <laughs> she loves she loves melancholy and sadness. You love being sad. It's weird, right? Sad. <laughs> you shouldn't be sad. You're an absolute legend. Um, and I, I'm the word. I won't have. I can't have sad music on. But some every now and again, a, a song will come on, and I'll be, I'll be absolutely blubbing in the car, just blubbing my eyes out. I've been crying a lot of films lately. 
I, I've been lately. I've been like, there's been emotional scenes on TVs and stuff, and I don't start yeah. crying. But I'm like, I'm on the cusp. I'm like, I probably yeah. could if I wanted to just have a if I pushed tear, it a bit. A yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think all men, all men should have a cry. All men. Oh, I, I, but even it's happiness. It's like happy crying. Like we watched the film Eurovision last night, right? And I was so happy at the end of it. <laughs> I had tears running down my eyes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, happy crying is yeah. very, very nice. But people need to, you know, if you're feeling sad, just just let it out. It let it out, man. You just feel so, so much better for it. And I remember... I think I had like a few days of just being proper down in the dumps, just like, and then something clicked. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Get off your ass. Let's do something. And I remember I, I wanted a new job anyway. I was like, I'm going to call some recruiters. I'm going to get, I'm going to get myself sorted. I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to move up to London, bloody, bloody blur. And with that kind of spur that I spurred myself on with, within two weeks, I had a brand new job up in London. And I really? feel like even from something that, on the base of it was horrible. I mean, we're, we're, we're still friends now and we both understand why it happened. I mean, it was so good for me mm. in, in so many different ways. It was just refreshing to firstly just express my emotions, be like, fucking hell, this is shit, yeah. whatever. But then to, after that, just to wake up and be like, let's do something. Let's sort myself out. Let's push myself to the next chapter. So even when people go through shit, the bit after it's what really makes you and what you do with that. If you go through a really challenging part in your life, just afterwards, just pull your socks off and just crack on with it because yeah. you don't know what you can achieve from that. And it could be something major, but if you pull yourself together and you've got the right mindset, you'll do whatever you want. Yeah, you're right, you know. Last, it's, it's funny, I, I, I'm the worst again. At, once the, once the, the clouds descend and I'm just weighed down with, I, I, I do I do get a bit depressed and, uh, you know, and that's oh, I sound. As soon as you say that, people think there's something wrong with you. But like, oh, just everything just affects me, yeah. and so I get, I end up just it's completely debilitating, and I just end up lying on the bed. Just I've wasted so much time of my mm. life just staring at the ceiling, going, "What the fuck, man? What the fuck?" Well, and and not even knowing why I feel that way, just that, just feeling that way. But and like it's easier to it's like people say, "Oh, you, like you say, like you said, it, you have to." put the effort in afterwards because when you're in it when you're in it when you're feeling shit it's really difficult to pull your socks up in it you know and yeah it's it's so satisfying though when you go from that zero up because that anything you do that if you are down in the rut anything that you do that you haven't done to that right feels amazing it's like fuck why why haven't i done this sooner and then that just builds and builds and builds and as you get your confidence back up and you're just happy again it just makes you feel so much better so the initial steps afterwards it can be small or big but they, they feel good yeah feel good. That, that, that you're right it's that we're all we're all guilty of looking at all of our problems together as one thing and going oh god there's so much to deal with was actually what you need to do is just chip away at it which is what i've been doing like just just yeah. if i do just one thing a day where i like, like talk to the bank or something like that that i was avoiding you know and then suddenly you go, oh, that, I, I feel better now. And then you take the next step. You go, all right, I need to talk to that person. I need to get back in touch with them. And mm. and, so, and 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 reaching out, like you said, I don't. I always think I'm getting in someone's way if I reach out. But then when I do it, people are so pleased to hear from me. I'm like, oh, I should have done this before. I thought I was getting in the way. It's weird, isn't it? You, it's, you, it's, you, it's frustrating because you're like, yeah. I want to help you so bad. Don't worry. Because I've had friends who have... Um, been down before and they kind of go inside themselves you talk to them about it it's oh i don't want to annoy you it's always that same kind of i don't want to annoy you and it's it's just like you will never annoy me by just wanting to speak to me i'm Mm. here for you whenever you want like you're not taking anything away from me if i can give you my time to make you feel better that's all i want to do and anybody that does listen to this and thinks oh shit i don't don't want to waste people's time no you're not wasting anybody's time reach out to people yeah. They, want to, they want to hear from you just as much as you want to speak to them. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It is true. It's like, well, and again, with you, like having had such a traumatic start to your life, you kind of, it, it feels, it feels, I don't know, like, it's like, well, he God, he's been through so much. He doesn't want to hear about my bollocks, you know, that. But you, you've already got a handle on what you've gone through. And so, you know, you're... Exactly, and I, yeah. it, it, it's a good listener. makes me a good listener because <laughs> if you go through some stuff, I'll just listen to you. Don't worry about it. Like, you can get through yeah. 
You fun. always you always surprise me. Some of the shit you come out with, I'm like, who's the adult here? Is it <laughs> is it me? I mean, I know you're an adult now, but I mean, you know, I've known you since you were six, and it now yeah, suddenly I still look you're about twelve. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get a moustache one day. My dad's 70, 74. He's only just grown a decent goatee. So he's I've doing, participated <laughs> in what a lot of gents in lockdown have probably done in trying to grow a moustache. And I don't know if it looks hilarious or bad. I think it's one of the two. But... You look like, <laughs> no offence, but you look like you're trying to get into a pub underage. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I, but I've, and I've joked about this now, I'm at that age now where I can't go to the park on my own because people think I'm a paedophile. I'm that, <laughs> I'm that, I'm that in that older bracket where people are like, oh, what's that old cunt doing? You know, it's what's, that. Where's his dog? What's he, what's he doing? If he don't have a dog, he's a weirdo. That's why you have to walk around with a lead, just in case. People just, even if you haven't got, if you haven't got a dog, just carry a lead with you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We're looking for a sponsor to help get this brilliant conversation to an even bigger audience. Sponsoring the show, as well as a promotional trailer, means that your message and our message will be inserted into some of Acast's biggest podcast titles. Get on board and partner with Insane in the Membrane. Go to pauldaniels.tv for more information. Did you go back and revisit what had happened, or did you just kind of leave it? When I was, how old was I? I was 18, and... I you know, basically, I got in, a lawyer got in touch with me or a solicitor mm. got in touch with me and saying you're eligible for this grant of money that, that um, spans back your entire life since you was in care and it's a support um, package that they give I think each year to kids in care to help them with school and stuff but I never received it um, just got lost in a system oh, really? I guess but 18 they said you've got to claim this now um otherwise you're not going to be eligible for it so I had to kind of dig into my past because of that a little bit and I remember speaking to mum about it and she was like okay but I'm going to tell you a few things now just because if they come come up through what you need to hear um I'd rather you just hear them from me so we went through it all and some of the details of what happened came out um that I'd never heard before because mm. I was like, I was a lot younger when, well, I've, I'd say when I probably got to about 12, 13, I didn't really need to talk about it that much anymore. No. I was at the age where I, I understood what happened. And obviously mom doesn't want you reliving that. So she's not just no. going to bring it up unless she has to. Um, but when it came to finding out the new details, there were bits that frustrated me, obviously. Um, mm. But when you're, when you're kind of powerless to, what happened um, and you can't affect or change anything. I didn't want to let this just kind of sit over me and get me in a rut and just neg me out. I just wanted mm. to, okay, there's nothing I can really do with this information. It's just, I know it now. Now let's just move on from it. Mm. And that was probably a smart decision on my part, I think. Yeah. 
And even though yeah. I, even though I think back to it, I'm just like, well, it happened. I mean, the what happened happened. Someone went to jail for it, and that's it, really. Mm. I mean, there's not more that can be done. So there's no point letting it uh, weigh me down. No, I suppose you didn't go and visit your mum. You didn't go and talk to your mum and no, your so, your real mum. So oh, this is a sad, funny story. But I was so with with the money that I got um, because of what happened. Mm. I I went travelling, so kind of very cliche, go around the world, la di da di da. But it was <laughs> just after Christmas, and I was sitting on the beach. I was just going through Facebook, and I've got some of my biological sisters on Facebook, and I've. I saw one of them post some pictures and I clicked on them and it was like Christmas with mom. And it was, I did some digging and it was the first time I'd ever seen a picture of my biological mom ever. Oh, wow. And I was just sitting on this beach and I was kind of, was kind of tripping out a little bit. I was like, mm. this is, this is weird. So I looked into it a little bit more and I thought, like, yeah, but, um, she never, she never reached out to me in my entire life. Really? And she, for, for me, I've got a mom. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie, who raised me, so in my mindset is I've thought that since I was quite a young, young mm. lad. When when I was old enough to realise that she can contact me if she wants, and she never did. When mm. I when I when I realised that, I was like, well, she's not my mum. If she doesn't want to put any effort in, why am I going to waste any energy mm. believing that she's my mum because she's not? No, because Jackie's my mum. She raised me. Yeah. She taught me my values and everything else. So seeing that, obviously brushed everything back i was like oh shit this is, yeah. this is weird and yeah, of course yeah i mean i mean it must have been it must have been a tsunami of emotions it must have been incredible just yeah everything oh, my well, i was God. glad i had a drink in hand and i was sitting on the beach somewhere and not in the office because mm. that would have freaked me out a little bit i could relax with that news but even seeing that news i i i can if i want to reach out but i'm i'm not going to i mean no she had that chance and she doesn't deserve enough chance and mm. I mean I, there might be some people out there that think that's really bad if I've got an opportunity to reach out to someone that I should but at the end of the day I was a child mm. growing up from the age of 2 to 18 and yeah. that entire time where I was in the care system she could reach out to me and even now as an adult she could if she wanted she'd never wanted to so no. why, why would I why would I I know, and anyone listening, it's yeah. If they're going, oh, it's your mum, it's your mum. No, no, it was. It's more complicated than that. Without going into too much detail, it was. It's fucking horrendous. What yeah. what went on? And are you? But you're all right. I don't. I'm, we're bringing it up now. I mean, you know, you're. How are you talking about it now? Are you? I, or are you got your, you got your head I'm around talking it? about it? Mm. Yeah, no. I've. I mean, you grow up with it. You grow up with the facts, and you know what's happened. And yeah. there's no point letting it affect you in a negative way because there, there's nothing I can ever do to change what happened. Mm. Therefore, there's no point me letting it change what I do. No. Well, no, this is it. This is why, again, why I wanted to talk to you and have you on so that other people that have maybe had something really terrible happen to them and end up in care or, wherever, or whatever's happened to them, there is hope. You know, mm. you're, I, you know, having you been in in my family for 20 years now and it's, I've seen you grow to the man you are today. And like I say, you know, you're, 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 a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a dream to be around. You are, Thank again, you, like I say, I underestimate you at every turn because I, I just see you as that six year old boy, whereas you've got your life more together than I have. <laughs> And that's that. That's I, I, find that. That. <laughs> I don't know. I saw your. I only, only, co- only cooked you dinner the other day as well. It's brilliant. It was a good dinner. Mm. I enjoyed that. You like you yeah. enjoy your cooking. Do you get a lot? Yeah. Just do enjoy cooking because I know because yeah. you're not a chef anymore, but you were. But you still no. So dropping out from the hospitality industry was just because I wanted a social life. But I still love mm. to cook. Absolutely loved cook, and. As you know, I'll cook at any opportunity. If people come around, I'll fellow simple I think it's because it's it's almost like a form of meditation for me because I'm focusing on this one thing, mm. on chopping this vegetable, doing this, and I've got a routine of times and everything that I've got to do. I, it's just so nice focusing on that one thing, listening to some music, then afterwards it tastes delicious. Mm. So it's kind of a win-win situation in all parts. But... No, they're now nine to five city life. It's it's different, but I enjoy it. It's it's a good job, out. and I get to 
Yeah, I get to cook in my kitchen without being slapped by a chef or screamed or shouted at. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it, about why if so f- you don't need to be angry. Oh, like, my goodness. Mickey Flanagan used to say, he's like, calm down, Gordon. It's only a bit of dinner. <laughs> like... You, t- you t- I've worked in. I used to. I worked at the Independent in their in their kitchen at the newspaper, and they, yeah, screaming at you, and you're like, just fuck off! Don't. It's, I'm just. I'm chopping the fucking onions. You shouting at me I was, for? We were doing service one day, and I was this. I was quite young at this point. I think I was 18. First job in a proper kitchen, fresh out of college. Mm. I was chopping some bread, and it was manic, absolute chaos. I just wasn't looking properly and cut with a bread knife right down to my thumb and the nail. Oh, and it hurt yeah. so much. And it was bleeding, obviously, everywhere. And as I did it, I went, ah, fuck. And the chef comes out and says, who the fuck's wearing in my kitchen? And oh. just looks at me. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah. I'm right anyway. <laughs> but my God. I've got I translucent. So yeah, see-through caspers in the kitchen. <laughs> but they just put, they put me outside, sit on a fucking box, put, and I put you thumb above your head, wrap it in plasters, and it's like, all right, have 10 minutes, see you back in there. And I've got back to work afterwards. Yeah. It's absolutely it's, it, I mean, I get it, it's busy. You don't have to talk to me like a shitbag. No. You, you just, no. it was all that, and they don't call you by your name either, everyone's chef. All right, chef, yeah. chef. And you're like, this is bollocks. It, when, it, when, you, when you break these things down, it does make me laugh. <laughs> when you're like, it, and he's, you know. It's very much um, similar to the military in the kitchen, though. The way it's broken down, you have your head chef and then you've got is that kind of line of order of who's the boss and who you speak to and stuff. And then one of the chefs I spoke to was just like he was in the military and he was like, This is for a very specific reason. But you don't uh, have to shout and scream. You don't no. you don't have to be absolutely horrendous. And I think a lot of the time chefs are just buying off more that they can chew. I mean, everybody who's watched Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares know they've got a mm. menu fucking ten pages long. They're doing yeah. too much and that's when people start to stress out. But I, what I do think the good thing about the hospitality industry and an idea that eventually when I'm older and have in a position to do it would be because when you work in restaurants, you're working long hours, yeah. long, long hours. And a lot of kids that come out of foster care, if, if they don't go to uni, they've got nowhere to go a lot of the time. Mm. Absolutely oh, nowhere. Yeah. But in a restaurant, you spend so much time with these people being in the kitchen, front of house. And I, I don't know that anybody out there can do it, but for foster kids, I think having an opportunity to get them from school, get them in a restaurant where they can potentially stay and learn skills and pick up because they're like a family in a restaurant. You spend mm. so much time with them and you can just get be around people constantly. And it's got that when it's working well, you've got that family kind of environment where everybody's happy, everybody's working together. And it's that sense of community and togetherness that a lot of kids don't get when they leave foster care because they're literally. Mm dumped on the street with some money if the people that they were staying with just beforehand don't support them then they usually end up in shelters and it's a really horrible part of the system that there isn't that much good support for care leavers so something like a restaurant where you where you're giving them an opportunity to learn skills and um be around people like-minded to them i think Mm. would be really helpful so yeah you don't think about that. that Do they, I mean, because I mean, yours, yours is a, yeah, you, would you think you'd do that then? That was, I'd like to. Yeah. I want to do something food eventually um, yeah. when I'm a bit older, just because I still really do enjoy it. Um, mm. But for the time being, I'm happy where I am. But setting up a project like that where you can give back, because as I said at the beginning, I'm very lucky. I'm one of the very few kids in care that gets picked up by a really, really nice family um, mm. who takes you in for the ones that don't get that opportunity there just needs to be needs to be more for them so if you can give them the chance to if they don't want to go to uni or they can learn to cook i mean i think that would work out quite nicely so maybe yeah. 10 15 years it's funny isn't it? like no one thinks about that like once once care because it's 18 isn't it they go 18. Right, you're 18 and then you're is it do, do, do you know because i mean yours is a different a different uh experience but do they prepare them? I suppose they don't just boot them out, do they? They suppose they have. Yeah, that, well, you like to think a lot of them will go to uni. Mm, like you so, said, yeah, but, but if but they don't, even then think, no... And think about it over holidays when everybody goes home to their families and stuff. A lot of these kids don't have 
anybody. It's re- it's really really sad, mm. and it, I think people needed to wear that. There's a lot of kids that do struggle, well, young adults that do struggle, just coming straight out of the system without a proper support network because you get given money by the council and uh, they'll help you find council housing and stuff. But that bits in that a similar support network. I think a stable mm. job is what they really need or to go to uni. Um, but it's a work in progress, eh? Yeah, no, you're right. I, I find it. I find it. Um, it really saddens me that, and it's not their fault. Like I say, human. I think this is what we need to get our heads around: is the fact that, and I've said this loads of times, us human beings, we are we're animals, really. And sometimes, you know, we do things that, like a lot of people, like they they do things that, you know, that mean that they had their kids taken off of them, and it's not the kids' fault. No. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I wish I did. I'd, if, if I had my way, I'd gather them all up. Yeah. Put them in. I don't, know, I don't know. But you can't do that, yeah. obviously. But it's, it's yeah, these are the things that keep me awake at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, that. that's the thing. Kids struggle for their parents' mistakes a lot of the time. Mm. And and it's really hard and quite brutal to to know that this goes on on a daily basis. Just yeah. kids fall into the system. Oh man, when you hear, because you, you think you, you think you've heard it all. You think you've heard like the most horrific thing that you could hear, and then you hear, and then you hear, oh, these we've just found these women. They're in this basement for ten years, and they weren't. They were locked in by the dad, and then the dad was having sex with them, and all. And you're like, oh my god, how? How did that? How was that going on, and no one noticed? You know, it's this. This is what I mean about human beings. We're fucking weird. We do some <laughs> fucked up shit. Yeah, you know, and this is you know, and this is why we have trouble. This is why we. This is why because we're fighting these subconscious, animalistic things going on all the time, aren't we? That mm. you know, and 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 some of us are able to get a handle on it and go, no, no, we don't. Like I've said this before, like when someone hands you a baby, and you're you're you get this immediate thought that goes, you should boot that over the shed, and you go, I don't what? No, hang on a minute. And the other part of your brain goes, no, don't do that. That's not what we do. We look after these, we nurture them, and we look, we care about them. And then the other the animal brain's going, yeah, eat it, eat it. You know, I don't yeah. want to eat it. I'm going to look after it. It's a, it's mad, isn't it? The brain yeah. and us. There's yeah. a, there's a very um, interesting book that I started reading and then stopped because I sometimes I fail to keep myself motivated to do stuff. But the beginning of it was really, really good and speaks of what you were just talking to. It's called The Chimp Paradox. And it talks about the three different parts of your brains where you've got that animalistic urge um, and the bit that's telling you to be sensible. And then you've got the computer brain where everything's stored. It's really, really really interesting. I think you'd like it. Yeah. What's it called? The the Chimp Paradox. Oh, yeah, I'll check that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I did... very good. Oh, yeah, I love love stuff like that. I love... I'm I'm proud of it. <laughs> was it just the the foreword? <laughs> no, I just read the title. <laughs> just the I back just, of the book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, 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 sum, the summary. I just googled good brain books. The first one that popped up. I was like, this one. <laughs> I do you know what I do? I've got. I do. I like to. I do love reading, but if I and I, I try to, I try to read um, a brief history of time. And oh man, I didn't get past chapter three. And they was talking about uh, what a, what a, um, a, the difference between a, an everyday theory and a scientific theory, and I've even now like I don't I still don't fucking know <laughs> what he was going on about. <laughs> Again, I was like fuck it because I thought I understood what a theory was, but no, when it comes to science, it means something completely different. And oh god, so I do yeah I know what you mean. I get I get some of these books. I get into them and then I'm like I don't understand this bit. I've googled it six times. I don't know what they're talking about. I'll go back to me I, comics. I find if you get on a roll with book, if you really sink into it at the beginning, and then you're like, oh, this is awesome, and then you're just in it for the yeah. entire time. But if I get out of routine and say I don't read it one or two days, I'm like, oh, and I really struggle. And what if I started watching Criminal Minds and on Amazon Prime, because what else are you going to do when you're locked in a house? And there's mm. 14 seasons of it, and I think in the past week I've done like three yeah right. And before I go to bed, I'm just like, oh, I'll just watch an episode of Criminal Minds. Then I'll yeah, be reading. But now I'm just <laughs> so stuck into it. I'm just like, nah, I'll just watch another one. I'll I think yeah, it's fine. 
I do. I, 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 like I say, I love to read, but I find it because the phone's right there. The internet mm-hmm. is right there, and there's all this... portal into another world. Yeah, exactly. And you go, oh, I, I could. Oh, I fancy a bit of a dopamine here. Oh, I'll just put a picture <laughs> up on on Instagram, get me a few oh. likes, and get them get that get those get those synapses popping. <laughs> really, I just and want what, to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please. But what you should do, I just, I did. There is something to be said for coming away from the screens and and trying to find a find a book that you're into and just burying yourself in it i do i i'm getting more into it and i i am enjoying it and i think that finding things that you enjoy like yeah. you say like cooking jade the same jade jade will she won't like she's not into like cooking everyday dinner but she'll go all right i'm going to tonight i'm going to make i'm going to make strawberry cheesecake ice cream from scratch here we go and you're like all right but when and as she's she's you need what you need capers. Well, get off your ass and go and get it. What, 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 what's she making? What's she she making? wants. She's making sea bass, sea bass tonight, and uh, oh, this is nice. right. This is the thing. We, where we live is down. The shops are up the hill, and and this Jade talks about it in Serious Black Jumper. It's like she's all all day, every day. She's feminism, feminism, feminism. Right, banging on and on and on and on and on. Every time we watch a film, she's like, ah, oh, this is problematic. Why is we watched um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood recently, and she just sat nice. there, just slagging it off all the way through. Wow, well, they've given Margot Robbie nothing to do. This is ridiculous. Why is she? Why is she even in this? Why is it all men, 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 men? I the, the patriarchy, the patriarchy. And then she'll turn around and go, babe, can you go out the shops, please? I need, to, <laughs> I need a lemon and, a, and some capers. I'm like, get off your ass and go and get it yourself, feminist. But no, that's where feminism stops, John. Yep. <laughs> it's not on and off switch. Yeah, depends yeah, yeah. It Just, depends on when they're hungry, I think. Yeah, pick and choose the bits you like. It's all bollocks. It's such bollocks. I'm more of a feminist than she is. So there we are. Yeah, so we're having sea bass tonight. But that's it. But that so Jade's right. got that sounds so posh, doesn't it? Like, we're having sea bass this evening. We don't always have sea bass. Yeah, we, had, we had beans on toast the other day. <laughs> I did anyway. You didn't want it. Nothing wrong with beans and toast. I love beans on toast. Do you put cheese on it? Even, oh, I'm, I'm just like the classic, just beans and toast, just oh, staple. Oh, but where, where I used to cook all the time, I'd still, yeah. the old classics like that, I still absolutely love. That's yeah. Like, we, we call it in my house brown food, where it all just oh, brown. Really? <laughs> you know, where you just get something out of the oven. And you're just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're on a bit of brown tonight. Yeah, a little bit of brown, no worries. <laughs> I've just got to put this in 10 minutes before I put the other lot in. And it all be done at the exact same time. This is amazing. It's a, it, I yeah, brown I like food. yeah brown food. I love that or war food. Have a bit of war food. Just, <laughs> just spam like, just... straight out of the tin. <laughs> bit of spam, bit of corned beef. Oh, yeah, I can never eat spam ever again. I was at festival one year and there was this guy just came with us, never met him before, and he just opened a can of spam, took the top bit off the can, and started using that as a like spoon. No, and it, was just, it was honestly one of the grossest things I'd ever seen and. The morning after a night at a festival, you're not usually in the best state anyway. And I was just watching that. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. It was, so, oh, it was so weird. Who, so takes, who takes spam to a festival? <laughs> it was so surreal. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Jade's putting her hand at Jade. This is the thing, right? She bangs on about going to all these Michelin-starred restaurants and going to the, like, oh, yeah, we ate in this, we went to Paris and we did this thing and it was amazing and the food came out on three teaspoons and all that shit, right? But you give her a tin of Spam, it's like Christmas. Her, old, her eyes get all big and she, she hugs it. She's like, oh, it's like Red and Stimpy when they're happy. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> I, think it, I think it links back to memories though, doesn't it? That old yeah. thing you have when you were a kid and you're just in happy times that nothing matters at all and you just think of that and you're like, Oh, and it's t- it takes you back. I mean, I don't yeah. think Spam will take me anywhere but to the toilet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, you know what? You're right. I I really love eating in nice places. We're very fortunate that we've been able to do that, and it's not. And we're both we're both able to cook. We can all cook, which is really nice. But just sometimes, just soup and a sandwich. Soup and a sandwich, easy. Chicken soup, cheese and ham sandwich. Robert's your father's brother. Done. Love it. You just can't go 
wrong with it, can you? Just no, I love it, mate. I love it. This is what people need to do. Now, because someone said to me the other day that this podcast, like the jumping off point is mental health. And then someone said the other day, go, yeah, but you don't really talk about mental health. We go, yeah, we are. What we're, we, there's no point in talking about actual mental health. What we're doing is talking, is telling our stories and telling people what we do to try and get out of the shit mm. when we feel terrible. And from that, people go, people go, oh, yeah, I feel like that. And that's how we talk about mental yeah. health on here. It's not, it's don't... non intrusive, yeah. isn't it? You're not yeah. just blasting people with be positive, be positive. It's a lot more, I feel constructive where you're letting people know that the shit that they're going through is kind of the same shit that you're going through. Exactly. You're not in it alone, which is way more important than just say, everybody feels sad, feel happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these, <laughs> yeah. All these fucking memes. Uh, yeah, yeah, just kick your shoes yeah. off and walk across the sand. And like, who's got sand? Who's got sand near him? <laughs> just do something that makes you happy. There's no sand in Peckham. There's no sand. <laughs> no. Oh, they might find a sand pit. But going back to your point about the moustache and kids parks, I'm going to give you. You don't want to be. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in that environment. You look, like, <laughs> you look like you're trying to blend in. <laughs> I see you hiding in the bushes. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, God, this <laughs> is this is not how we're ending this podcast. We're not talking about this. No, um, no. But your this is this is this is again. I said it earlier. Why I wanted to have you on and talk to you because I wanted people to hear your story and I want people to hear that it's it, there are happy endings out there. It doesn't have to be the end just because, you know, these horrific things have happened. And I know a couple of people like that, that their childhood has been horrific, but they've managed to, you know, carve out a decent life for themselves. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a testament to you, mate. It, you're, I mean, yeah, you say like you had the family and things like that, but, you haven't let anything. You haven't let it get to you. You haven't. You haven't, you don't walk around going, oh, "This really horrible thing happened to me." You should feel sorry for me. You're, you're one of the best people I've ever met, and I. It was. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate that's, that. I'm proud. I'm proud to to call you family, and that's why I wanted to have you on. I think you're brilliant. Yeah. So well, thank you for giving me the opportunity just to tell my story and just your childhood doesn't define you. Um, no, no, um, not at all. Are you on where where can if people when people listen to this they might want to they might want to reach out to you and say hello. Uh, where can we find you, John? It's just John Jennings underscore on Instagram. And if you want to see food that I cook, it's on there as well because that way you know we're not lying. <laughs> I can cook, <laughs> I can cook something. <laughs> it's not all fabricated. I will say now you are a very very good cook, and so Thank I'm gonna I'm and I'm gonna we're gonna come up and see you again because I was really impressed yeah. with your house. Thank you very much. We'll have a, yeah. well, we can't go do any stand up gigs, so you can come do us a personal one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, after the last time that you were at a gig, <laughs> oh, that was, that's the worst thing I've ever said out loud. I will say this to the people listening. So earlier in the year, I ended up, I was doing some gigs in the, in the French Alps and uh, very lucky to be able to do so with the wonderful people at Taking the Piste. Wonderful people. If you get the chance to go out there and have a look, if you see Taking the Piste, they're really lovely people. Els and Richard and everybody, they're lovely folks. Um, and you happened to be out there as well, didn't you? It was so funny. I think I saw, saw you do an Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah, yeah. And or you replied to one of mine and it was just like, shit, you're around the corner. That's it, yeah. And I, yeah, I was taking a photo, pretending I was skiing, but really I was sat at the pub, just getting pissed. Um, you're, yeah, and then so you're at the gig that night, and then that, and we were talking eight of about, us. and there was eight of you taking up the front row, and we were having like, a bit of banter, and it was all mucking around, and then we were talking about, um, oh, that was it. I was talking about parents, and I'm like, oh, you know, parents, they, they, you know, nowadays they give a shit about their kids, and they go on play dates, and I'm like, I mean, not yours, obviously, John, but everyone else's. <laughs> and it was, and as I said it, my brain just went, my brain, because my brain went, yeah, say that, it's really funny, and then I said it, and my brain went, ha ha ha, dickhead, that's that's awful, and I was like, I was so upset that I'd said it. Was it was so funny though, because the whole room was silent apart from the front row of my friends who knows the situation. Oh, yeah, they know, they they know. So it wasn't that he wasn't being funny. I thought it was hilarious. But it just, everybody just, in the room was just like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> but I'd explained it as well. I think people were just, what? 
is this? Is it? Oh, yeah, I know. I is this yeah, interactive so. comedy? <laughs> it's just. <laughs> it was like yeah, they were watching out. They were like it was like they were watching us at, like sitting around a dinner at, at Christmas. Just like <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it wasn't a gig. It was just us just doing a live Facebook update. It was like yeah. I don't know, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this now. But yeah, it's that's you, it's hilarious. You took that well, John. <laughs> so well done. Listen, John. John, mate, this is this has been lovely. Thank you so much for coming on. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.